Hello, and welcome to Divisive Issues, the foul-mouthed, spoiler-filled comic book podcast where two fans and two non-comic fans talk about controversial and noteworthy comic books. I'm Ryan. I'm Sly. I'm Phil. And I'm Daryl. We've made it to the end. And we are finally concluding our <laughs> Marvel extravaganza, right? I hope our, so. Do you mean our Miss Marvel extravaganza or our Captain Marvel extravaganza? Or B- our both. Marvel, Marvel, Marvel comic extravaganza. We're never doing any Marvel comics ever, ever again. Marvel's done. DC all the way from now on, baby. Is Marvel versus Capcom about this character? What? <laughs> yeah, the whole game is about this one character. Is, is Carol in Marvel vs. Capcom? I'm curious about that. I haven't played. Uh, I, I think so. so. Actually, I saw I, at my school's gaming club, I saw some kids playing Marvel vs. Capcom, which is why I brought it up. Oh. And I saw someone, I'm like, is that binary? I didn't go over it. <laughs> <laughs> I was thinking of the three roster. I don't know about the infinite roster. Also, that reminds me of a joke. I saw offline, but I might as well say on the air. It's ironic that Carol Danvers is such a SJW hero, but uh, her codename used to be Binary. (laughs) (laughs) That is a pretty good joke. (laughs) So, we are going to talk about... Not Carol. (laughs) Not Carol. We are going to talk... Uh, the... Did I read the wrong thing? <laughs> I'm just this kidding. has actually been requested several times, and I've wanted to do this book for pretty much forever. Mm-hmm. And we're going to talk about Miss Marvel by G. Willow Wilson, the newest Miss Marvel book, and the current character, Miss Marvel, Kamala Khan. Wow. Yes. An actual colored woman. Yes. <laughs> so I, I, We haven't spotted those since Monica. And we always like... read co- comics in color, Daryl. What? Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so the... I'm going to give a little bit of backstory on why Kamala is such an important and interesting character. And it's she's interesting in the way she fits into this because she is actually also an editorially created character, but mm-hmm. not to hold on to a brand, more to diversify Marvel. So uh, two editors, Stephen Wacker and Sana Amanat, wanted to create a Muslim-American character. And Kamala, as far as I could tell, is actually the first ongoing big two Muslim American character to have their own book. Whereas like we talked about, I don't actually know if we've talked about any Muslim characters on the show, like ever. I don't think so. Yeah. I don't think so either. Yes. So she debuted in early 2014 with her own book. And she was, once the editors had the idea that they wanted to create a Muslim, uh, like teenage girl that they, uh, Sana Amanat is a Pakistani American from Jersey, and they approached G. Willow Wilson, who had done a couple like fill-in issues and some small stuff, but she came to notoriety because of a graphic novel she published called Cairo, and they approached her to kind of flesh out the backstory. And she's a Muslim woman who the thing that was really interesting about G. Willow Wilson is she was actually raised by atheists and later on in life converted to Islam. I actually was reading about her because after we read this, I, I was so interested, and I'm like, who wrote this? And she's from Jersey, too. And yeah, she's just yeah. like, it was just like, I'm going to go convert to Islam and go to live in Egypt. <laughs> yeah. And the thing that's so interesting about that is a lot of this book, and we're going to get into it a lot more, but it's not just like, like her Muslim faith is very much a part of the character, but it's not, it's done in a, in my opinion, at least a non-traditional way where it's, it is very much like a struggle with her faith and her like traditions and stuff like that. And the fact that you have a Pakistani American who felt like very out of place because she grew up in a white suburb as the editor and a converted Islam uh, woman writing it, you get an interesting interplay between like her family's traditions and like the different character roles. And it's just, it's a very interesting, like unique book in that, in that regard. And one of the things that is really important and why I've always wanted to do this book is because this book was one of Marvel's first real big pushes to be more inclusive. And like it was 
we've seen we see a lot of this now but this was one of the first books in recent times that marvel really pushed to a female audience and i remember like being in comic shops with a bunch of like old guys being like why are they pushing all these ladies on us like and like <laughs> things that were like very not inclusive all these not one great. ladies <laughs> well, what was that thing you know you heard oh, the comic shop say like they should they should like hold off on this Miss marvel thing after like the whole war on terror is over or something like that yeah the <laughs> owner of my old Wait, comic what? shop th- so the owner of my old comic shop was like this old guy and after he said this, I was like, you know what? Maybe I'm going to go to another comic shop. Because <laughs> he said, you know, I have no problem, you know, Muslim characters. Like, that's cool. But I feel like, shouldn't they wait until this whole terrorism thing dies down a little bit? <laughs> and I was like, Jesus. So when there's a reason why when you have an editorially driven character like this, I feel like it's more important than we want to keep on the... We want to keep the license. It's more like they wanted to send a message to not straight white guys like, hey, comics are for everybody. And since Kamala was... Kamala was originally going to be launched as, like... I think G. Willow Wilson said she had, like, a 10-issue pitch. <laughs> and she she became, like, this huge breakout star. She became one of their biggest digital sellers. And since then, we've seen a lot, a lot more Marvel books like this. We've seen, like, Moon Girl and Devil Dinosaur, The Unbeatable uh, school, Squirrel Girl, The Unstoppable Wasp. Like, a lot of targeted-to-women readers books, especially, like, teens, that, like... Marvel's line is almost, like, unrecognizable from, like, 10 years ago as far as, like, the in- inclusivity of it. Well, you we already mm. touched upon this when we read Civil War 2, and we didn't know who any of the fucking characters were because they're all, like, <laughs> young uh, minority and female characters. And, yeah. And, uh, uh, that's, a lot of that is the, the, the success of this Marvel. Yeah, and now not every single one has been... Actually, very few of them have been even close to Kamala's success. Mm-hmm. And it's... You know, some of them you could argue are like derivative or just not as interesting. But like, I personally think that a lot of them are super, super great. And I love a lot of these characters in the universe. Definitely. It might be inaccessible to like the, you know, like the old established fans. You're like, how come, you know, this, who's this, who's this? But for, I know a lot of new fans, like my wife, for example, didn't really read comics. And Miss Marvel was one of the first books that she was like, wow, like I like this a lot. Yeah. I was going to say it also helps like it's just really well it's like well written like it's yeah. fun to read like yes it's uh it's not just like I'm like part of it is the fresh the breath of fresh air I'm like oh this is actually a very different take mm-hmm. um and it's it's refreshing but it's also just like it's really it was fun to read and the fact that you said that she was originally writing graphic novels is interesting because it reminded me more of a graphic novel sometimes mm-hmm. in like like the slice of life the, even the like just the style of it yeah, and then they'd go. Then it'd be like superhero stuff. Yeah, and to to add to Phil's view, of, like about this, about like his testimony, um, this was the first comic I've read in a long, long time. Where when I got down to like the end of the issue, I was like, "Wait, it, it's like ending right now?" Or it's like with everything else mm. we've been reading, all Captain Marvel. I kind of like how how much longer do I have to go? I want to like, yeah. look ahead and see how many I, pages I have left. I actually didn't. I, I didn't check uh, how how far you guys wanted me to read. So I, I was just so into it. I just kept reading. I was like, yeah. this is so good. Oh, that makes me so yeah, happy. The same thing happened to me. I'm like, I'll read one issue before bed, and then I read four yeah. issues. It, it was hard to put down. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and uh, this is actually pretty timely because G. Willow Wilson's run is actually about to end. I think she has like one or two issues left, mm. which will bring her entire run to about 60 issues, which we've talked about how modern comics, like they keep getting rebooted and like, you don't really get creative teams on for a long time. And mm. like Wilson had a very long run and it's not like she's getting shunted off the book. She was like, I had ideas for 10 issues and I have, I've like, 
it's time for Kamala to go under somebody else's pen for a bit. Yes. And like, it's still been great. Like, I don't want to, I don't want it to seem like she's run out of ideas because it's mm-hmm. still up and, you know, up until where I've read, it's still been fantastic. But, you know, it's, it's a testament to like a lot of the things we complain about, about modern comics and stuff. Miss Marvel uses very well. And the, the last thing that I want to say about uh, the book, the creative team, is it's also Adrian Alfana is on the art. And the reason why that's really important is because Adrian did uh, pencil all of Brian K. Vaughn's Runaways, which is considered, like, maybe the best teen superhero comic book, like, ever written by a lot of people. And getting an artist like that on this book also immediately gave it, at least in my opinion, a level of, like, credibility and, like character design choices and the costume is done by Jamie McElvey but like the actual penciling of the book is like they took their one of their most beloved teen hero artists and put it on this like Mm. risky this risky move and I think it really paid off wow so it's good so let's get into it we are going to be covering the first seven issues of Miss Marvel and so it starts with uh Kamala Miss Marvel in a store. No, there's one thing I, I want to point out about this whole thing, which is kind of funny, is how we're reading all like the, we read a lot of Marvel or the, the Marvel namesake oriented stuff where it's like Captain Marvel, Marvel, and then Carol Danvers, and neither of them have really anything to do with Kamala's story. Yeah, no, yeah. no, 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 how you have a lot of, with older comics, like a superhero tie-in to be like, hey, look how, I mean, it still does happen like a couple issues later, but the first five issues are all Kamala. Yeah. You don't have to worry about like another superhero coming in and then stealing the spotlight. And one of the reasons why I wanted to do this here is because, as we'll learn very shortly, Carol Danvers is Kamala's favorite superhero, Mm -hmm. and that's kind of, like, where... It's more of, like, a fangirl-esque relationship, and less, Mm -hmm. like, oh, they they saved me and gave their lives, and I must honor their legacy. It's more circumstantial. It's very... It really is, like, a teen comedy a lot of the time, and it's, Mm -hmm. it's like, fun in that way, where it's, like... It reminds me of, like, some Spider-Man stuff I've seen, too, where it's, like... It is very Spider-Man-esque. Very Spider-Man-esque. Just, like... uh, Kept thinking about that. You know, high, high school stuff, and, and it's her being, like... Fuck you, mom. Fuck you, dad. <laughs> yeah, like, I, you know. The, the stakes aren't, like, that high to the point where it's, like, the teen comedy gets in the way where it's, like, you guys should not be joking about that. It's like, yeah. If, like, for our Patreon bonus exclusive stuff, when we're reading Heroes in Crisis, the comedy in that sometimes comes out of left field and you're, like, well, like, don't be making jokes right now. Whereas yeah. here, like, everything fits very naturally in it. Yeah. Is yeah. Most of the drama is actually just family drama. And... Yeah. Yeah. And that's the reason why this works, uh, whereas other Captain Marvels don't. It's because they always try to make, oh, Captain Marvel has to be important. He has to be the Superman figure. And, yeah. Uh, you know, like, Daryl says, like, you keep getting told why Marvel's supposed to be heroic and stuff like that. And, like, it gets, you know, we go off a fucking story like that where you're told this hero is yeah. important. But, like, so great. Wow. Oh, mm. but, 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 like, stuff like, <laughs> this is why Spider-Man, like, Spider-Man is an example of, like, how it should be done. Because, Spider, like, Ryan says, Spider-Man's one of the best characters you can't compare. But I think it's a good point why the best example works so well. Spider-Man, he started out as just a relatable character, and mm-hmm. he showed his heroic qualities through stories, like mm-hmm. like that the story where uh, thirty-seven was where he had to uh, lift the thing off the giant thing off his back. Uh, I think uh, you mean uh, thirty-three. Thirty-three, yeah. <laughs> but those stories happened because he was so relatable to readers that they liked him well enough that he was able to inspire them over time. Yeah, uh, yeah. They had to be shoved down the throat. This character, you have to love him. He's inspiring. He's heroic. Yeah, and it's like, it shows the humble beginnings because Kamala starts by just like, she's in a store with her friend looking at meat that she can't have. Because she's Muslim. 
Yep, and and then we have like, you know, the typical like jock and pretty girl that's attached to his arm come in, and there. What I like about this is maybe it's because I've just been like so infused with like Stanley things where like they come in and they'd be such huge assholes. Instead, they're just like very passively racist. Yeah, about this. yeah, it's so subtle. Like they're they're not they're well meaning. They're not like, hey, nerd, want to fucking eat like yeah, get a eat swirly? my shit, nerd. He's like he invites them, he invites them to the party, and they're like, uh, yeah, maybe not. But they say <laughs> yeah. things like, are your people even like, can you come to parties like this? Yes, and like stuff like that. Nobody's and, yeah, going but... to honor kill you, right? I'm just concerned. She says. I'm going to ask in real life where uh, in real life where uh, they're not necessarily like fuck you, but they're insensitive the entire time. Yes, you. right, right. And one yeah. thing that I really like about this scene too is uh, Kamala's older, her older friend. Nakia, Nakia, who, yeah, Nakia, who, like, used to go by Kiki, but is now becoming, like, a more traditional, you know, wants to use, like, a, a more traditional name. She's, like, these people are being really racist. And Kamala's like, I just thought they were being nice. Like, she's, mm. like, naive, where she mm. doesn't realize that, like, that passive racism. Yeah, her friend says, oh, you're such a baby with Kamala. She's only nice to be mean. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And Kamala's like, but she's so adorable and happy. And Nakia says, you're not allowed to defend Zoe Zimmer. And this is when she just passively exposits that even your sad nerd obsession with the Avengers is less irritating. It's like, ah, <laughs> yeah. she's a fangirl. And then the, the last panel on the page is like, it's Bruno, the shop owner, who's also Kamala's friend. He's trading places with his friend. He's not the Chip. owner. He just works. There. I mean, yeah, he works there. He's trading like a shift with his friend, uh, Chatty Bob. And it's, <laughs> it's small details like this where it's like, you don't need to do this to show that he's like, um, like who he trades his shift with but it helps the world building to be like oh, okay this is like a very normal yeah place. It's a normal like, place yeah and yeah. so when they, and when they do stuff with it it's like oh this is part of the world yes <laughs> yeah then we cut to something not normal oh like, i guess it's normal but uh, uh not it's a day. little bit not normal <laughs> also i forgot to say too like one thing really about the art and why it reminded me a lot of a graphic novel is it gets like really cutesy a lot of the time mm-hmm. And when they zoom out, their their faces are like uh like smiley faces. Like yes. the and sometimes like the colon three. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> just two dots for eyes and just like the little mouth. And then uh we cut to like the Avengers fighting some alien to protect a bunch of uh, My Little Ponies. Of unicorns. <laughs> <laughs> but they all have dope faces on. <laughs> yeah, and we find out that it's Kamala writing her fan fiction. And her mom's just asking her about that. And she's like, my fanfic almost has a thousand upvotes on freakingcool.com. And her mom's like, I didn't understand one single word of that sentence. <laughs> then they go down and you get more of like your interactions with the family where it's like her brother is very like he's trying to be. Um, very devout. Um, yes. He's a, a very devout Muslim to the point where even his dad like makes fun of him. His dad's like, uh, you get a fucking job. And he's like, uh, yeah. money earned from a profession that offends Allah has no merit. <laughs> uh, I refuse to profit from usury, unlike some people, because usury is like getting interest. So the dad works yeah. at a bank. Yeah, yeah, and the dad, the dad refutes with, "My job at the bank allows you to sit here at home contemplating eternity." <laughs> and I immediately am drawn into this family dynamic because I feel like it's very cliched that it's like, "Oh, this teen is is bucking tradition that their parents are pushing on them." Yes, but this, it's the. And I think this comes from, like, Wilson's experience, too, where the younger, her older brother is, like, so much more devout than the family. And the family still, they still practice. They go to they go to the mosque. They have a relationship, you know, with the people there. But it's still, like, they're not cliched devout. 
they they're are more, like they're more, they're more like uh, Muslims you meet in in America. Yeah, in Jersey, Jersey City. <laughs> what I also find interesting too is the brother being super religious is also something that does happen where you have. The first generation comes over, they assimilate to American culture, and then the next generation doesn't feel like they have a place because they're like, I don't fit in here because I still have my background, mm. but I'm not, like, I, they, they don't feel like, like like Kamala too, she doesn't feel like she has a place, and sometimes that turns, like, that makes them go full devout because they're like, I my identity is mm-hmm. Muslim. My heritage, yeah. Yeah, my heritage. And so it's interesting that they have the two kids be like, trying to figure out their place in society, and one of them does it by going back to tradition and yep. Kamala becomes a superhero. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and so Kamala wants to go to a party tonight, but her dad won't let her leave because there's going to be boys and drinking. And I really like this internal monologue here because this is where we start to see like how she has a hard time fitting in because of her like her cultural difference from the norm where yeah. she's like, why am I the only one who gets signed out of health class? Why do I have to bring uh, pac- pac- I don't know how to pronounce Pacoras. it. Pakoras to school for lunch. Why am I stuck with the weird holidays? Everybody else gets to be normal. Why can't I? Yep. And so she sneaks out and she goes to the the party where everyone is and then just that, that nice pretty girl is just super racist to her the whole time <laughs> where she's like well they give her they give her alcohol yeah that yeah. this was when i was like oh the jock is actually like a real asshole when he's like he has just orange juice and there's actually vodka in it after she drinks it he tells her i'm like wow you're really yeah and then the other jocks are like laughing oh what's, what's really uh, it's, it's kind of i like the setup here because uh, uh bruno comes in and says like oh the, the assholes are all the drunk so like they were kind of assholes while they were in regular circumstances. Yeah. Now they're drunk. They're like fully like uh, they're doing whatever the fuck they want. Yeah. Yep. And Bruno is very protective over Kamala. He's like, "You shouldn't be here. I don't want you to get in trouble." And she's like, "You sound just like my parents." And then she points out, "Too bad you're not Pakistani. <laughs> Otherwise, they totally throw me at you." And he's just like, "Yeah, too yeah, bad. Too bad. <laughs> I love that." She marches off, and then it's suddenly. Oh, Jersey misty. City gets swept with a weird blue mist that this flows is when I was over like, everybody. Oh no, I've read too many comics. This must be Terrigen <laughs> Mist. Yeah, right? <laughs> yeah so and here's the cool thing. Like this this book is a tie into an event um in humanity where they release Terrigen Mist all around. But you don't have to read to, or know about that event at all to know what's like um like also important is that this event is causing Kamala to get her powers. That's it. Mm-hmm. Especially because we get the audience surrogate here because Kamala's like breathing it in. And she's just like, oh, God, what's going on? Am I drunk? Can you get drunk from one sip of something? Oh, no, everything's all, ho- all, all like, hazy. I'm drunk. I'm totally drunk. And she passes out. <laughs> yeah. And then she, like, she has a dream where she sees Captain Marvel and uh, Captain America. And, and Iron Man. The three of them are, like, the ones she, like, fanboys the most. Yeah, and like... there's, like, sloths with wings and fish and they're speaking and birds Urdu. with hats. <laughs> yeah. They're, like, faith avatars. They're coming down to her. And they're... Telling her that she's about to inherit like a uh, a great power, which is the the Terrigen Mist has turned her into an Inhuman. Oh, and not only that, but we still I know I keep harking on these specific lines, but the way they describe Kamala's like faith and personality, she talks about how like oh like everyone was being so mean to me because they saw that once I snuck out, they thought that that gave them the right to like make fun of my family and like because mm-hmm. I'm ditching the dumb yeah, inferior. That brown was a really cool culture. thing that she brought up brought up to that's like just because that she disagrees with them doesn't give permission to other people to like bash on her culture and she's like i grew up here i'm from jersey but i don't know what i'm supposed to be i don't know who i'm supposed to be and her vision of carol is like who do you want to be and she says right now i want to be beautiful and awesome and butt kicking and less complicated i want to be you except i would wear the classic politically incorrect costume <laughs> and get button giant wedge heels 
and then she comes out of the fucking egg, the fucking egg, inhuman egg, and comes out as Miss Marvel. As, yeah, as Carol Danvers as Miss Marvel. So you're like, yeah. uh, okay. <laughs> yeah, I was pretty, because I didn't, I didn't know if she's gonna come in inhuman. I figured it was Terrigen Mists, but then yep. I'm like, just like, is I'm like, is is Miss Marvel like an inhuman? It's hard too because it's like the cocoon is drawn as a black orb. I think like every artist draws the cocoons kind of differently, or at least like in Civil War Two, it looked different. I yeah, think. but like I said in that last episode, uh, now this is an era where no artist consists of any other artist. <laughs> I think yeah. it's also intentionally kept kind of vague because a yes. lot of this early book is Kamala being like, "What's wrong with me?" She keeps googling what's going on, and then <laughs> in the second trade is when she actually meets with the Inhumans, and they basically because I hadn't read any. Of these events or anything at the time this was my first exposure to this stuff and mm-hmm. when they explain it to kamal i'm like oh that sounds like some marvel bullshit <laughs> yeah and so the second issue begins with uh, also notice no fighting in the first issue yeah which is yes. a, always a plus for me is just building character stuff mm-hmm. so kamala like she comes out of the egg and she's like wow oh man i'm gonna puke and then she starts like kind of morphing between herself and the carol danvers as miss marvel and she looks all like stringy and yeah, weird. Yeah, it's really weird. weird. Like she gets yep. really noodly. Yeah, her powers are that she's basically like a shapeshifter who can stretch. Uh, which is why Ryan likes her so much. <laughs> I love stretchy characters. What can I say? I yeah. thought her power was actually pretty interesting, to be honest. I was like, I don't know if we've seen a true shapeshifter in in any stuff we've read for the show. Like that can, they can change their form to whatever they want it to be. Kind of like not just being a plastic man, but like she can she can look like someone different. Just like she also it. her her trademark thing is she calls it embiggening, where she really just gets big fists and punch people. <laughs> and it is it's different than like the mystique. Like I look like this. I look like this. she actually can morph her body however she wants. Yeah, yeah. Ironic, ironically, is uh, she is closer to plastic man who is can stretch into pretty much anything more than like Mr. Fantastic who can just stretch his body to be right because she she can just become like a couch or something and I'm yeah. like that's <laughs> that's interesting <laughs> and, and, and the art we talked about the art like being smiley face and stuff like that it, uh, just, just like uh, Plastic Man was always more of a comedy book because he could turn into couches and stuff like that uh, the art <laughs> yeah. suits this too because she, when she turns into couches the art really works for the comedy there yes yeah. it, like his his art goes so well with her being able to like stretch and get big hands oh. and yeah and so she goes down to like a, a wharf, and she. It's where sees... the party was going on, I think. Yep, and yeah. there's the drunk jock with. Zoe. I love, I love it. It's just him going, and I just called to say I love Zoo, and she's like, "Don't call me Zoo." <laughs> <laughs> this is it's just great. <laughs> yeah, and then as she's as Kamala's seeing this, she instinctively right now she's like Kamala, and she can't like activate her powers, but as she sees it, she instinctively turns into Captain Marvel. Or Carol Danvers. And we also, a nice little touch is we see another Marvel hero just fly away in the distance, and they're blurry. We don't even know who it is, but mm. it's just like, see, there's other stuff going on, and Kamala, like, doesn't, it, like, it doesn't matter, you know? Well, it's, it's, like, it's, like, it's like what Floyd's bitching about. Why isn't every hero here every yeah, second? Yeah, and, and Because why wouldn't superheroes fly around while there's mist hitting a giant Yeah, because Iron Man is going to save some drunk jock instead of, like, going to fight the big monster. I find it crazy that she's the only superhero in Jersey City. This is, like, right next to Manhattan. Like, and there's, like, 19,000 superheroes in Manhattan. because everyone, everyone becomes a superhero and then moves to Manhattan. Yeah. Can you blame them? Yeah, you go where the jobs are. She starts, like, shrinking down. And as the, this is going on, the jock is trying to kiss uh, Zoe, and he, she, like the, he accidentally gets her thrown into the the lake. Mm-hmm. And so Kamala sees this, and he, she thinks to herself, "He's drunk, and she's panicking. If he jumps in, they'll both drown." And she remembers an ayah from the Quran 
about how um, whoever kills one person is as if they killed all of mankind, but whoever saves one person is as he has saved all of mankind. So she's using her faith as like a motivator as she embiggens to go into the water and to pull uh, Zoe out with she her She makes her hand hands. really big and scoops up her and like all the like gross yeah. garbage at the bottom of the lake. Yeah, and people gather around her and they're like, wow, this is awesome. Miss Marvel, you got your old costume. <laughs> yeah. And then someone's like, not to sound like, but what's with your arms? It's like so giant. Her hand is like six feet wide. <laughs> yeah. And she runs away from it. And we get a lot of exposition. It's really hard to try and think about, like, what to cover. Because there's so many interesting facets, but we're never going to yeah. get through, them. like, all seven of these issues. Yeah, it's just a really talk. interesting just story. Like, honestly, like, yes, <laughs> we're done. Just got to read it yourself. Yeah, yeah there's a problem with reading good books, which is um, uh, why we don't do it as, as often as we probably should. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> most because lines... just, just go fucking read the book yourself. And, like, just... <laughs> most lines are interesting. In yeah, this. Like, it's like... like that, that's like, what, what are we gonna, we're going to read every fucking page to talk about whatever. Yeah, get, yeah, stop listening. Yeah. Fuck you. <laughs> <laughs> Turn some off. Go fucking buy his book. And that, and that. Yeah, you really should. Like, that's the, sh- the r- real short of this. Is you really should just read this book yourself <laughs> yeah. if you have not. It is really great. She seeks back home, though, and her brother catches her, but she's able to, like, shift back in time to Kamala. But she doesn't realize she shifted, so when he comes in, she's like, I can explain! I'm not just this tall, blonde superhero! And he's like, no, you're just, like, wearing... You're just regular Kamala, but you're wearing a smelly sweatshirt you bought from a bum. Yeah. yeah, She she bought off a bum between pounds. Yeah, Yeah, and her parents found out that, like, she, she snuck out... And they get in an argument, and they have to ground her, but she's like, she can't tell them that she's a superhero. Well, but the thing is, the thing is, though, that I, I find refreshing about this scene is they don't just have, like, a fight. She's like, I'm sorry I disobeyed you, but I can't tell you. And her mom's like, you have to tell us. And, like, I just think about, like, every time I was a teenager, my parents would be like, what are you doing? <laughs> I'd be like, nothing, get away from me. You know, like, and I feel like she's, she. it's not a fight. It's more like they're disappointed in her, and she's, like, upset she can't tell them. But she's resolved to be a hero. That's how issue two ends. Also, no fighting again. Just saving. <laughs> just saving. But we'll we'll get into the overarching plot soon. Yes. All right. So the next issue, issue three, opens up with the news being like, uh, tragedy averted in uh, Jersey City when a uh, Miss Marvel rescued a teenager. Um, but Miss <laughs> Marvel hasn't used that costume in like years. So could this be a copycat? I love that they interviewed Zoe and she's like, if Miss Marvel hadn't been there, I would be totally dead right now. I feel like I've learned so much from her about being responsible and helping people and stuff. <laughs> I, I don't want to say it's been years because I'm pretty fucking sure it's been like a year since she swapped costumes at this point, like literally uh, in real time. So, like, <laughs> so. <laughs> it's it's like it's like uh, people would have assumed in real life that she would have just abandoned the character uh, that that costume as an experiment and moved back to her original one. But here, they treat like, oh, she's been dec- out of that costume <laughs> for fucking decades. <laughs> yeah. So while she's Googling it, I just want to say that there's newspapers behind her, like school, I guess school newspapers from the Floffington Post. Mm-hmm. And one's an editorial by Dr. Schnoz, and the other one has a headline, High School Cannibalism Experiment Proves Disastrous. <laughs> and so I like the little, the little touches there. Yeah. yeah. So she's trying to figure out what her powers are. She can't. She keeps Googling it. And she, there's a joke somewhere here where she's like, every time she Googles Polymorph, she gets a World of Battlecraft uh, <laughs> page. And I'm like, yeah. that's pretty funny. It's a World of Warcraft <laughs> spell. <laughs> and then uh, her and her brother are going to mosque on Saturday. They have a youth lecture with uh, Sheikh Abdullah. And it's a lot of what we probably expect from traditional, like, uh, like 
Muslim school, right? It's like the, uh, the girl. You can't see the girls' faces during the, the. There's a partition between the men and the women in the yeah. mosque. But even the way they do this dichotomy is really good because they put up this partition so like he can't see them and they can't see him. But when you actually when they show all the girls, one's asleep, one's just sitting on her phone. Mm-hmm. Like even though they're in this traditional setting, they're still teens. I really I thought this was really interesting too because I like I. I I, I was thinking, like, when they have a, a book with, like, the, uh, like a Muslim character, they're just going to be like, you know, Islam has no traditional, like, men, women, like, gender roles. It's just completely progressive, you know, blah, blah, blah. Yeah. But it's interesting that, that they're like, uh, no, like, there's still a lot of that stuff, too, but it doesn't mean it's a bad thing. It's just different. Yeah. So it can only be written by a Muslim woman because if it, if it was too traditional, it would seem stereotypical. Mm-hmm. And if it was yeah. too not traditional, it seems disrespectful. Yeah. 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 I, I, it's, it's something I've always, like, thought about, like, personally. Like, uh, actually... This is topical for today. Not magical. Uh, I don't. I didn't know. I don't know if you guys know. No, but uh, <laughs> like tomorrow, being February first, because we're recording this on the thirty first of January, um, is National Hijab Day, and uh, like a lot of people at my school are wearing hijabs tomorrow for like solidarity or something, I guess. Mm-hmm. And it's interesting because it's it's a topic that I've thought about a lot. Where I'm like, it's one of those things that's like it should be a woman's choice, whatever she wants to wear. But at the same time, I like I know historically it comes from a patriarchal place to not. Ha- to have women not show themselves because it's your fault then if a man because he can't control himself when he sees your hair and you know Zoe I mean? actually mentions that in issue yeah. one where she's like I love your pretty headscarf uh, unless someone's forcing you to wear that right that's your choice it's not like some <laughs> right. man forcing you to wear that and she's like no like I want to wear it we live in America you know I don't have mm-hmm. to and like that's that misunderstanding or like the questioning is right up front in the first ten pages yeah. of this book. and that's why I like this a lot because I'm like I, I find that a really, like, hard topic for me to think about, and it's, like, interesting that this is, like, yeah, no, there's stuff is does exist, but, like, people have different, there's, like, a lot of, there's a spectrum of people who have different beliefs about this, like everything. Yeah, it's complicated. Yeah. yeah. Oh, one important thing to mention, uh, so she leaves and goes to Bruno's shop again, and we forgot to mention it, the parents found out she snuck out because Bruno called them and oh, said, yeah. I'm really yeah. worried about Kamala, she left this party, and she she's not answering her phone, mm-hmm. I hope she's okay, and she's really mad at him. So, yeah, so yeah. Kamala, like, leaves before when Bruno's like, hey, what's up, and she's yeah. like, Fuck you. Yeah, which which is another great touch. Just shows you how like how well this is written. Where it's like that's an interesting dynamic with her friend, where she's like, "You're snitching on me when I'm trying to yes. do this," despite him yeah. just really trying to look out for her. Yeah, yeah mm-hmm. uh, uh, there's a thing going on like Bruno trying to be like the nice guy, but yes. uh, uh, yeah. Kamal's like doesn't want any of the, like f- like try, stop trying to be like the perfect guy. Like my yeah, stop trying to control me. Kind yeah, of a thing. Yeah. And then we get, like, a slight, like, tease here because it goes to, like, science class and Bruno's working on a biokinetic yeah. polymer that stretches. This is what I was like, yeah, I'm like, uh, wow, he's making stretchy material. wonder if that'll <laughs> ever come in handy. And then yeah. also we get another foreshadowing here where his brother, Vic, is like, I need 100 bucks. Can you just steal it from your job at the convenience <laughs> yeah. store? And he's like, no. It's, it's not stealing because you work there. <laughs> Um, and so Kamala starts to freak out at school, uh, physically, like her hand starts to shrink and then grow. And then she goes to the locker room and <laughs> smashes it accidentally. Yeah. She like grows really big and smashes into the ceiling. And she figures out she can just transform into like a, like her mom. Like she can transform into any people, any person she wants. Well, she said, oh, my mom. Oh, okay. Fine. I was totally going for Taylor Swift. This is getting Freudian. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And then, um, so she gets caught breaking the locker room, gets detention, and then Bruno wants to talk after school, so she stays to talk to him, and she goes to the 
convenience well, he, store. He wants to talk at the convenience store. Like he shoots her a message, and she decides that there's no putting it off. Like she can't ignore him the whole, like forever. Right. Uh, one little just uh, art touch <laughs> is usually stuff like this when you have like text messages or pictures on the wall. The letterer adds in, and it looks very like pasted on text. But this is all hand drawn yes. in by the artist, so it looks. Even though it looks hand drawn like on a phone, it's still it gives it it doesn't pull you out of it like normally. It That's one of the craziest things, like, like how he writes on boxes and on store windows. He doesn't try to write like how you would actually <laughs> write it. If you're a company, it's it's all just handwritten stuff. Where he's like GMOs, the cereal instead Cheerios. Yeah, yeah it's, it's more of a, it's very much an indie approach. Yes. To, uh, yeah, it really does look like an indie book sometimes. Uh, and so she goes to the convenience store to meet with Bruno, and he there's a guy with a mask and a gun and he, arguing with him, and he's like, oh, shit, someone's sticking up the store. I got to call the cops. And then the phone battery is dead. It goes, LOL, no battery, uh, from Acme. And uh, then she's like, I'm a superhero. I got to just do something. I am 911. And then, meanwhile, in the store, uh, you hear the masked man saying, I thought you weren't supposed to be here. I thought Chatty Bob had this shift. And he's like, I switched with him. I'm, you're lucky I don't call the cops on you. You don't need, where'd you get that gun anyway? And we kind of configure it's his brother. Uh, yeah. and, and he says, don't worry, it's not even loaded. Yeah, and then he says, uh, when the inventor, this is what Vic says, the inventor comes, things are going to change. You'll start treating me with respect. And then this is when Kamala busts through the store as Captain Marvel. Uh, uh, not Miss Marvel, the one she was in before. Now she's <laughs> Captain Marvel. Too much to feel confusion because we never did a book with uh, Carol Danvers. <laughs> yes, yeah, right before we started recording this, I was like, uh, did... I have all these files saved as Miss Marvel, but we've been doing Captain Marvel, right? And they're like, <laughs> no. we've never done Captain Marvel. <laughs> and so she has a giant fist and smashes the counter, grabs the assailant and squeezes him. And uh, she's like, I'll put you down if you promise to never come back again. And he, and then she drops him. And when he falls and hits the ground, his gun goes off and shoots her. Mm-hmm. And uh, she's th- bleeding. So and, Yeah, so obviously she gets shot. She's not Captain Marvel. Yeah. And uh, Bruno seems to be shocked. He's like, Miss Captain, whoever, this is me. Uh, <laughs> you're shot. <laughs> and that's where it ends. Yeah. Uh, so next issue opens with uh, uh, Kamala's view as she's on the floor, um, uh, bleeding out. Uh, Bruno's over her, trying to uh, uh, see if she's okay. The, the, uh, the brother comes over and uh, uh, he runs off. Yeah. Yeah. Bruno tells him to go. It's like, get out of here. Yeah. And so then she transforms into come back into Mala while holding on to Bruno and saying it's me. Yeah, because she's um, like, you can't let the police come here. Like, they, they can't know it's actually, like, me because I'll get in trouble. Yeah. So so then Bruno's like, what the fuck's happening? And they realize <laughs> uh, when Kamala switches forms, she heals. So when she goes back to her normal form, like her yeah, when- And we, we immediately break this tension where we're like, is she going to die? And then she turns back and she's like... Oh, I'm healed. And Bruno goes, "Where's the bullet?" And she goes, "I think it fell on my pants." And then she like pulls it out of her butt. Yeah, it shows like yeah. her face as she's reaching into the back, in the back <laughs> of her pants, looking for the bullet. And it pulls out like so, like happy, like ta-da. So she's and she, he's like, "Why are you miss fucking Captain Marvel slash Miss Marvel slash Carol Danvers slash whatever?" <laughs> and uh, she's just like, I, I, I was like nervous, so I became her like instinctually. I couldn't keep control my shape shifting, and it kind of makes sense to to just keep being her now that I, I was her. And Bruno's and like, she "No." Talks, yeah, and she talks about how like everybody's expecting like a real superhero with perfect hair and big boots, not just me, Kamala Khan from Jersey. And this is where it's really clear that Bruno has a thing for it because he's like, "You're the coolest girl I've ever met. You're smart and you're funny and you're good at video games." And she's like. Go on. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And he's blushing. 
And then, yeah. so the cops arrive, and she's like, I need to, like, hide my identity. But she she tries to change it to Captain Marvel, but she's too wounded from the bullets, so she's not done healing. And so Bruno throws her a sleeping mask. I like that. She says, am I hiding my identity or taking a nap? Yeah, she, she cuts she cuts holes in this, so she's like, it's like a domino mask, like Robin, but, like, yeah. pink. She and says there's a big, stupid smile on her face. Yeah, and, and then the cops were like, "Oh, you're not a superhero," and she shows like, "I can, she can go large." This is again like it's straight out of a comedy. Like the cops are like, just like kind of, just they look like they're out of like yeah, a they're cartoon. very like this. Cops look so stoic. His his expression doesn't change the whole time. As she grows and like busts the ceiling with her head, yeah, and he's like, "Okay, I believe you." Yeah, and, and this uh, is when I was like, every time we read anything now, I just constantly go back to Civil War. I'm like. People need to be registered. Like, <laughs> can't have yeah, because you... Kamala, Kamala keeps breaking shit. She keeps breaking so much shit every time she embiggens. Yeah. Uh, yeah. How much property damage is that going to cause a fucking Imagine court? being a cop and you uh, you go to an armed robbery and you're like, you don't just have to worry about maybe people with guns. You're like, people might just be able to explode themselves or like shoot <laughs> yeah. laser beams. Yeah. Oh my God. But they take it very like casually. They're like, yeah, okay. Yeah, expect uh, a subpoena for today's security tapes. I'll be keeping an eye on this place. And then, like another guy's like costume kids these days, I tell you. So, uh, so she sa- she goes back to her house. Um, what does she, what does she uh, wear? She's like, I gotta make my burkini. Yeah, she gets a burkini. Yeah, and she, the mom was like, "You've never worn that for swimming." And she's like, "I'm not wearing it for swimming." And she's like, "Well, you're not going to a party anyway." And she's like, "Yeah, okay." So, well, then- she's like, "Yeah, obviously, I'm gonna go party with my ten atheist boyfriends, ma." <laughs> And also, we, we get, she's now extra grounded again because of the tension, and now she has to meet with uh, the Sheik. No, yeah. She says, it, yeah, if, if you sneak out one more time, you're going to meet Sheik Abdullah. Yeah. So, and then so, she sneaks uh, out immediately. Yeah, <laughs> and, and uh, so the brother kept talking about the inventor, and uh, she goes to try to track it. The brother, Bruno, like, uses the GPS data off the brother's cell to show where he went, and so Kamala tracks down. There's two guys... But even then, he says it like, I I hacked his phone and got the GPS data. And she's like, did you just look at previously visited places in maps? And he's like, shut (laughs) up. Yeah. (laughs) So she she goes to the place at night. uh, She takes out the two guards and just like throw them uh, casually in front of the house and grows large to intimidate them. Mm -hmm. And she's just like, why don't you just uh, tie yourself together or act like you're tied together while I go investigate. (laughs) Like like, this is a cop show. (laughs) Yeah. And they're they're like, I guess so. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) And so she goes. She she starts going to the building. Uh, she starts fighting uh, laser. And bugs. while she's scared, she's just like, "It's just like a boss. It's just like a boss in a video game." Yeah. There's it's a like lot a of video game stuff, and it's almost at the point where I'm like, "I wish there was a little bit less." Mm-hmm. But at the same time, when you're 16, like being like, you know, yeah, I got plus 10 healing or like uh, leveling up. I'm like, okay, I can see it. Yeah, it's it's enough. It's, it's like almost enough to be feel like uh, uh, you know, too quippy, uh, pandering kind of stuff. Yes. Uh, but I, I think it works for the most part. The other thing is yeah. occasionally like. Uh, when I was reading it, like she uses the term like that she's gonna like squee at one point. I'm like, this is kind of dumb. But this is also written in like 2014, 2015. Yeah, and a lot of the times, like, like there's a there's a Doge meme at some point, and it's like that was topical in 2014. It's also like 15. part of a push for Marvel to start doing more YA style books. Yes, yeah, and yeah. I think that like that is very clear here. I also like it reminds me sometimes of like. Uh... Uh, Life is strange, where you're like, yeah, oh, this dialogue. But then you're like, this is actually how teenagers talk, though. Like, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but it, it's funny comparing it to because like, Spider-Man usually written by like, uh, older white males like Stanley. Mm-hmm. So, uh, like, even though they're meant to be like a relatable teen, they never go into topical references. So, like, yes, uh, they're yeah. always kind of like timeless in a sense, I guess. Yeah. yeah While yeah. this is uh, a 
for the modern young generation, which is like an interesting uh, difference. Yeah, that this can date itself in like twenty years. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So she fights a whole bunch of robot bugs. Ro- robot laser bugs, like she lays at her, and uh, she just starts matching them for big hands. And it's just about much matching for a few pages until she reaches the basement and she finds the brother. Yep, Vic and, is just uh, sitting in a corner with a written above his head is property of the inventor. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And it ends with a cliffhanger as more people come in. Uh, uh, okay, a guy shows up wearing a tank top that says, I'm a bad guy on it. <laughs> Yeah, and he has a laser pistol in his This belt. is when I was like, I guess you you would also have teens that were like, I have powers, I'm going to be a bad guy now. And so it's this guy, I'm a bad guy, uh, shirt-wearing guy, and he he he, brought, he didn't rescue the guys up front, because they weren't really tied up, but they could, they could come with him. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and it's a cliffhanger for issue five. All right, so the guy, I'm a bad guy, uh, comes in and, <laughs> and um, uh, Carol starts like fighting. The, Carol, he's, like, he's pretty. Okay. I'm like shit, uh, Kamala. <laughs> uh, you get off the podcast! How dare you, Kamala? How dare you, how dare you call her Carol? <laughs> but uh, so he summons more uh, robot. This guy's not the inventor, but he, he's uh, higher up on the echelon, I guess. Mm-hmm. And he summons more robot uh, laser bugs. And Kamal starts fighting them, and she she like smashes them, but she she shrinks down uh, to like to avoid them because they're overwhelming her. And she realizes that she's actually losing a fight. She has to leave. I like that she says that she, like the narration bubble is saying that she can't keep up. She can't heal this much damage and stay big and and fight. It's too much. So it's like sometimes you got to know when to retreat. So that's what she does. Yeah, I, I like that. Uh, there's, there's a realization like I'm losing this fight. Yeah, it's not just like she goes down there and she just beats the bad guy and she's like, I'm so good at this. It's like you have to learn to. Wait, that guy was a bad guy? <laughs> Kamala just, uh, goes back home and she starts eating a lot of shit on the food out of her fridge because uh, her powers make her. Yeah, really the most healthy. relatable scene for me, she realizes that <laughs> uh, when she heals, it uses a lot of energy. So she takes all the food out of the fridge, stuffs her mouth, and then falls asleep in a pile of, of uh, yeah. cereal. <laughs> So Kamala just eats the shit out of her fridge, and her mom walks in like, "What the fuck? Like, what, what are you doing here? Uh, you're, you're dressed in that uh, burkini costume." Yeah. yeah. So it's not. It, it's like halfway to a superhero costume. So it doesn't have like a logo or like a mask. It's just like a. Yeah, it's just like a, a red tights. Kind of like a double bathing and then the blue. Yeah. yeah. Blouse. So then uh, she t- the father t- sits down, talks to her after the mom freaks out, and the father's like, "You got to go see the sheik." I believe in the scene, right? Yeah. Yeah, and he t- it tells her like about like her namesake that he named her Kamal Kamala because Kamal means perfection because it was a very difficult time. Like her mother had a difficult time birthing the brother, and so they thought they couldn't have any more children, so they were devastated. So it just adds more to the family dynamic. So it's not just like her dad comes and it's like you got to be better. It's like you can yeah. tell how much he loves and cares for her from every interaction yeah. that they have when she's when he thinks she's doing wrong thing because with a lot of tune a lot of teen superheroes the parents are just like an obstacle yes but this makes it very clear that they are full characters yes which i really appreciate that you're not just throwing the parents by the wayside as like they're the not fun part of this and say it's like this is what she has to have the secret identity to protect yeah so then uh she meets up with Runa again they basically start having a, a big training montage i i really like this <laughs> it's very wacky and cute and it, like yeah. the mannequins in the garbage yeah, for one example is she, she tries to run but um she runs by making her legs so long she she beats the race in a few strides so Bruno's like that's not really running fast and she's like, like but shrinks. technically, yes, I guess. She <laughs> drinks and hangs out in his gerbil's cage. Like, <laughs> yeah. 
Yeah. Uh, uh, and so one of the most she... important narration bubbles from this is because she's she's talking about how she's having to learn her limitations, learning how to work with the body and stuff against it. She says, "Good is not a thing you are; it's a thing you do." As yeah. she's applying the Miss Marvel logo to her costume, mm-hmm. I'll never be ready, but I can be ready enough. Yep. Yeah. And uh, so she shrinks down to um, Ant size to infiltrate the place again. This is also when they get the super stretchy costume, and he just warns her, don't get it wet. And then she's like, I'm so sweaty, I'm probably already ruining this costume. (laughs) Oh, I also like they – there's a literature reference here. Like a lot of of times when we read comics and they have literature references, it's usually European authors because that's what most of us have read. And they actually have Rumi, probably the only – probably the only Middle Eastern author that any white person could name – uh, and just a quote from him about her saying, like, I'm exactly where I was meant to be. It's like that Persian guy Rumi said, wherever you are was circled on a map for you. And then she's tiny. Um, and she rides the robot bugs down into the basement where Vic yeah, is. Yeah, I don't get how she stuck. controls yeah. them, though. She's, she's like, she's like, you know, like Sally, like a fucking bucking horse. <laughs> yeah. It's, it's... Also, when she when she shoots a laser at uh, the bad guy, it goes pew, pew, pew. Uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> So uh, she she begins and and frees the guy, runs out of the guy uh, uh, using her long striding legs to mm-hmm. get away fast. Yeah, she gets Vic. They get out, and then uh, the next day there's a like a big Kamala esque dummy that's strung up with like X's over its eyes mm-hmm. outside the Circle Q from the from the store. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And then Kamala talks about oh, this guy thinks he can threaten us where we live. Miss Marvel has a message for him dressed up as Miss Marvel. This is Jersey City. We talk loud, we walk fast, and we don't take any disrespect. Don't mess. No disrespect. No, <laughs> yeah. no disrespect. <laughs> and I like that one person goes, word, and another goes, huh? <laughs> what the hell is happening? And the, the teaser at the very end is the I'm a bad guy going to see the head, the inventor. Yes, and he's a chicken head. He's a cockatiel. <laughs> yeah, he's an actual bird. Did you say he's a cock? A cockatiel. Oh, uh, you hear what you want to hear. He's a co- I think he's a cock lord. <laughs> I'm like, this is not with our month. <laughs> if Sly goes oh, too long without reading a cocking story, he starts to imagine it in his head. <laughs> this guy's getting cocked. So that's the first trade. Uh, before we wrap up, we'll cover the last two trades. Uh, last- first, let's just the next trade, just because... Yes. Uh, goes into more of Carol, uh, Kamala. <laughs> God damn it! Kamala's fanboy girlism. So yeah, the only thing is, I just want to point out that this art is done by Jacob Wyatt, mm-hmm. and I don't like it as much as Adrian Alfonso. It's still, it's still good, it's just, but it's always the problem with swapping artists. Yeah. Uh, yeah. One gets associated with the look. And yeah. You, uh, this guy is very solid, but he's not, he doesn't have the look of, of Miss Marvel down pat, the one set by the previous artist. It is, it, like, uh, if it was not following that artist, like, if this was replacing, like, a lot of the generic artists we've seen so far, it'd be fine. Yeah. Uh, but, like, compared to... It's a step... Like, it, it, it's, it's a big top. step down. Yeah. It's yeah. I, I, I think it's, like, it's still solid. I, like, I, it's still... I think it's still solid, too. The thing is, it's a lot more simplistic. Like, there's there's a lot more scenes of just, like, one person on a page with a simple, like, pastel background. Yeah. So, it starts with... Kamala basically just expositing that the inventor's robots have been after her since their encounter. And this is when like, she was a couch. This is when she becomes yeah, a couch. Yeah, it's when she's a couch. <laughs> and they, they sense her with heat sensors. And she's just, like, keep escaping, you know. And she's just, like, still trying to... She hasn't made any progress in tracking them down. And it fast-forwards to the next day where she meets with the sheik, who she's convinced hates her. But he's actually pretty nice. And he talks to her, like, you know, you should... 
you know, if, if you're looking to learn on how to help people, a teacher will present himself. So instead, I will tell you to do what you are doing with as much honor and skill as you can. And then she goes, I can't believe it. I thought you were going to talk, warn me about Satan and boys. And he's like, I, I always do that. If you don't know it by now, I should lose my job. Yeah. So then as Kamala's walking home, she finds a giant pothole that has growling coming up from it. It's like she's a like, car-sized look- pothole. <laughs> yeah. She's like, this looks like a job for Miss Marvel. And she runs to the Circle Q and gets her costume from Bruno. And she climbs down there and she finds like a, like a, like a tropical swamp almost <laughs> with like trees growing in it. And there's all these alligators that have like laser guns and spotlights on their heads. <laughs> a sad light on one of them. Yeah, and this she sees a hologram of the inventor, who's the bird, mm-hmm. and his name is Thomas Edison. And <laughs> this is this like is what, this is, these two issues that were the last two were talking like these were wonkier than the other. Yeah. <laughs> this is this is this is going for more for pure comedy. Yeah, yeah. this is straight comedy. So it's. His origin is that there's some, like, evil scientist guy that accidentally mixed his cock- his pet cockatiel's, like, DNA in when he created this, like, robot hybrid. No, it's a and clone now... of Thomas Edison. Oh, yeah, but his is? pet cockatiel got <laughs> contaminated. Oh, that's right. I that's... guess that makes him evil if Thomas Edison gets cloned with a cockatiel. And if Edison was an asshole, which he might have been. Yeah. <laughs> So basically, like, now his creator is just, like, his, like, sad lackey. Yeah. And he's like, yeah, now these these alligators are going to kill you. And while she's, they're facing down, all of a sudden, their laser guns get broken by a sword. And she (gasps) runs to attack the shadowy figure. And it's Wolverine. Wow, who jumps at her. And then he, he had his claws out, and then he flips over her back. And then, like, he doesn't hurt her. And he's like, are you out of your mind, kid? I could have killed you. And that's when she thinks, wow, such athletic, very claws, so amazing. <laughs> yeah. And she's really, really excited. She's like, this is my, she said, I put you first in my fantasy hero team up bracket. My Wolverine and Storm in Space fanfic was the third most upvoted, uh, upvoted story on freaking awesome last month. Mm-hmm. And Wolverine's like, what, what was the most updated? She's like, <laughs> uh, my Cyclops and Emma Frost romantic vacation. And it's like, this is the worst day of my life. <laughs> yeah. And... He fights an like an alligator shows up. Uh, he wrestles with it and he's like, "Punch it like right here to pass out." And she t- tells him, "It's like I don't like punching animals." And he's like, "You won't like being eaten by them either." Oh yeah, oh, yeah. and uh, to make that joke, then such claws joke even worse. Um, he doesn't use his claws at all really in this, in this issue because this is when uh, if you read, I watched, listen to our death of episode, death of episode, death of Wolverine episode. <laughs> Uh, this is when Wolverine's killing the fact that it wasn't working, so he was killing himself by using his claws. Yeah, and then they fall into, like, a, a standard kind of comic book trap where they get trapped behind bars, and he drains the sewer down a big slide. Yeah, yeah he <laughs> drains the swamp. <laughs> slide, slide's missing oops being canceled. Or yeah. missing oops. <laughs> so then, th- this is when Wolverine tells her that, like, I'm here looking for a girl who was abducted or ran away from his school that he thinks is down here in the sewers. Mm-hmm. And she also asks, like, oh, so, like, am I a mutant then? Like, you're Wolverine. You would know. And he's like, uh, I, you know, he's very quiet about it. And then they get interrupted with a giant, a giant alligator. I think they call it the Mega Gator or something mm-hmm. later on that is attacking them. And that ends issue six. So... 
it starts with exactly where we left off with this giant gator fighting them. And Kamala is seemingly out of her element, but she toughens up, punches the giant mega gator in the eye, and then sets up Wolverine to use his claws and to slice up this whole thing. And they really do work together really well. And basically she helps Wolverine like beat it and then cat and, Pulls him out of the river. Yep, and then yeah. they have a, some nice dialogue about how she brings up again, I don't like hurting stuff, even giant sewer alligators. I mean, is it possible to help people without hurting other people or, you know, reptiles? And he goes, no, it ain't. It all circles around the hurt I mean. Sometimes you avoid hurting other people, but it usually means you get hurt pretty bad instead. As he's, like, uh, feeling his back pain. The pain's yeah. got to go somewhere, and she says, I don't want to believe that. And he says, you're young. So then... She basically has to carry Wolverine out, so she makes her legs really big and lets buoyancy does the rest. And so she's basically giving him like a piggyback ride. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And he's like, Don't ever tell anybody about this. And she's like, actually I've been Instagramming it the whole time. Sorry. Yeah. <laughs> and Pictogrammed copyright. <laughs> yeah, it's pictogrammed, yeah. There's a lot of that kind yeah, of Yeah, uh... <laughs> me too, not YouTube. Yeah. And they, they go through like the they they travel through like the sewer system together. There's a cool like isometric cutaway of the whole facility as they're walking I be- around. I believe Joe Siana posted this on Facebook <laughs> tagged you because it reminded me of X-Grades at one point. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yes. yeah I, I, as I was seeing this, I'm like, this is really cool. I like this. <laughs> yeah, uh, Daryl wrote a uh, comic as a kid that were basically just him, characters going through a video game level and that's kind of what Yeah, from like the yeah. side view. And and they're just like talking about uh, like he's asking her about like why, are, why do you wear Carol Danvers' outfit? And he warns her about the, wearing the mask. Yeah, and he also, like, she talks about how, like, when she got her powers, she became Miss Marvel literally. But now, you know, because Miss Marvel, like, saved the whole, uh, Carol, you know, Carol saved the whole city. But mm. now she wants to be, you know, she wants to be her own character. She's like, it took me a while to figure out that Miss Marvel could be me, that I didn't have to pretend to be someone else in order to wear the lightning bolt. And she's like, I do wear a mask, though, because I don't want my parents to have heart attacks and die. <laughs> yeah. They get into another room, and then the uh, the inventor's like, ah, all according to Kikaku, and he makes the walls <laughs> close in on them. And then she has to, because Wolverine's still injured and he can't heal, she has to, like, pull out the wires and electrocute herself. There's a, And, yeah, so she does it, and, you know, she's like, I could heal it, I could take it, I trust myself. And it works, and then there's a very cute scene of her shrinking and Wolverine just raising her up to into the open panel. Mm-hmm. And she crawls through there, and she finds out that the inventor's power source, it's actually a person. It's a mutant that Wolverine was searching for. Yeah. So then, you know, she, they find out, you know. They rescue her. Yeah, they rescue her, and Wolverine, you know, bursts through the wall now when he finds out that it's the girl, and he wakes her up, and she's like, there are others, there are others. And then they take her outside, and this is when Wolverine's like, come on, let's go. And she's like, no, I have to do this myself, this is my city. You know, that kind of scene that we've you know seen a lot where she's like no this team up is over yeah go home kid leave it to the professionals and they're like i'll be a professional someday this is my city i can't do nothing this is one of those scenes that does back up phil's point because um they don't don't have any communication she's just like i'm gonna be here my city you go back to doing this and keep the status quo of me being a small well actually it is it is more than that though because she also tells him that like you know, if I could survive getting gassed with weird green mist and wake up with superpowers, he's like, wait, you got your powers after the Terrigen bomb? She's like, what? He's like, nothing. I didn't say anything. Well, see you later. I'll be keeping an eye on you. And he actually calls the the final scene of the issue. He calls the Inhumans. He calls Medusa and he lets her know, oh, there's a, 
there's a new Inhuman character. You know, there's Miss Marvel. She the has... first good Inhuman character to ever exist. Yeah, yeah that's happened. literally why he calls. He's like, there's a good Inhuman. Put her on the show. <laughs> yeah. And yeah, that's basically, he calls her and he's like, okay, now it's your problem. Which, you know, it's not just leaving her on her own. He says he's going to do that. But really, he's setting up for the, the Inhumans to come and take them under her wing or whatever. We don't know because the story is over. Yeah, that that's where we're stopping. If you want to find out next time why she's hanging out with Lockjaw, the dog that can teleport, <laughs> you'll have to pick up the trade yourself. Yes. The only other decent Inhumans character. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> dog. That's, yeah, you're right. <laughs> wow. Uh, so, you, I think we all know you guys would be more of this. No, I wouldn't. Absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It's... It, it's, it's kind of sad because we spent so long with Carolyn. I was thinking about this like yesterday, how it's kind of like you spend a long time with like an ex and you're like, you keep making excuses for things that you like about them, even though you're kind of like suffering whenever you're with them. And then Kamala comes along and you're like, wow, this is a lot of fun. Like, I can't believe how much fun this could be. Like, this is, is this, is this what like being happy is like again? <laughs> I don't know. It's like, I don't, I don't hate far. Carol. I don't hate, I don't hate her, but like Miss Marvel was such a, I finally understood why people resonate so well with Spider-Man. Well, I mean, I kind of understood that after watching Homecoming, but it's like, this was a reintroduction to like how superheroes can be fun, how they can be like charismatic and how they inspire people to do the right thing without me getting into like the weird, like law and order type of stuff with like Superman. Yeah. So... I hope you guys enjoyed our, what is it, like an eight-part Captain Marvel, Miss Marvel uh, feels saga? Like, it feels like the last year of my life. Yeah, it really feels like forever. But uh, there's still a lot of other great stuff on the network. It's a new month, so we have a new Patreon episode out. And I want to mention the Patreon because we also have a new Patreon-exclusive show that Malcolm and Justin are doing an MC, they call it MC University, where at the $5 a month level, you get all our bonus episodes and all the other bonus episodes and also the show that's only available there where they're going through and analyzing every single Marvel movie. Wow, every is, single movie. Yeah. yeah, so the first one just came out. By the time this comes out, the second one will probably be out. But either way, Iron Man is definitely on there and it's great and everyone should listen. And uh, our... They're not going to start with that. The Hulk movies? Uh, Hulk is after Iron Man. Well, Hulk, uh, okay. Well, was it the really? Incredible Hulk is <laughs> yeah. after, but then there's the Eric Bana Hulk. That that's yeah. I think that was the one really I was thinking. Wait, are you, really? The first Incredible Hulk with uh, what's his name? The Ed Norton one is after Iron Man. Yeah. Oh, but the but the Eric Bana one was before. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. That, yeah. that was not related at all. Okay. Uh, yeah. But yeah. So everyone should go to Patreon.com/slash/FlyingMachine and our. Most recent Patreon was was that the Jimmy Olsen makes Superman cry? Yes. Yes. So why would Jimmy Olsen, Superman's pal, make him watch sad movies and make him cry? Yeah, if you haven't listened to our Patreon episodes at all, you would think Jimmy Olsen's his friend based on the title of the book. <laughs> you would think. <laughs> you would think. You think it's his best pal. But why would a best pal make you cry? I don't know, Daryl. I don't know, Daryl. Fuck. <laughs> <laughs> Okay. See, we all agree on Dallas. Yes. <laughs> Good. He's just so beautiful. You know, it's like looking right into the sun. I'm beautiful. <laughs> it's true. <laughs> okay. So, thank you guys for listening to Divisive Issues. I've been a teenage cannibalism experiment gone horribly wrong. I've been the cockatiel. I've been a couch. And I've been such claws. Wow. <laughs> Stay in continuity. I give you the incredible...
machine. 